0: Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Luke chapter 11. Hey, Brian Phillips here today with you at the Grace House podcast. We've got a really good topic laid out here called Man of War. What does it look like to be a man of war in your life in this modern day age when really all hell is against being a man? How do we actually be men of God and men who live upright? Well, we're going to talk about that today. I'm excited to be in the, the studio with some really good friends. I'm going to introduce them in a moment. But before I get into that, I want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast. So if you haven't clicked the subscribe button, please do so. And this is the place where we're learning biblical masculinity and we desire for the result of it. To, to produce effective leadership in your life, that, that you could bring impact. That's what the kingdom of God is about. That's what biblical masculinity is about. Christianity is a verb, not a noun. So we want you to be men of action. Now we aim this at men, but like we say all the time, it's really, it's really for everybody. We want everyone to be inspired by the kingdom. But yeah, we're going to go after the heart of men unashamedly because this is the day and the age and the hour for strong men to arise. And the only way to be a strong man is to be a man of uprightness and to live a godly life. All right. I got all that fun stuff out of the way. So go to our website, subscribe, buy some gear, make our first million dollar donation. That'd be awesome. Um, but I'm in the studio today with, uh, two friends of mine, Ryan Evan and, uh, his friend, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Peltier. And we, he's a new friend of mine, but we're bringing him into the Grace Ups culture. So Ryan, why don't you take a moment and introduce him? And then we'll get into our topic today. Yeah. It's my honor. My absolute honor to introduce my, uh,
1: my uh, long friend uh jeremy peltier like your band of brother friend right? my a band of brother man he he uh he, we were together um in a season of life um uh while we were serving at the house of prayer um in kansas city and i got to know jeremy through um a job assignment that god had me had me on there and and through that uh, i was able to develop um just a, an incredible relationship with Jeremy, um, with his wife, with his family, um, and it's a relationship that I cherish um, more than Jeremy even knows. And I'm glad he's on this on this podcast, and I get to tell him that um, here in fr- in front of the masses, in front of the podcast audience. Um, but I love this man. Um, I value this man um, and his pursuit of godliness, um, godly character, um, and the advancement of the kingdom is 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 very much unparalleled to many many friends that I have in my life so he challenges me in every way um, and uh, I'm just grateful uh, to have the opportunity to get to partner with him um, in in this ministry and this in this calling and in this assignment that we have to raise up godly men in the earth um, and to see the kingdom of god advance um, and and to start possessing the lands to start conquering the lands. Um, and, and so, yeah, so please welcome this man. Um, like I said, he's, he's an amazing guy and he's, he's, he's going to pour his heart out, heart out to us today. Um, as we begin this discussion on prayer and what it means
0: to be a man of war. Yeah. So that's our heart. We want to build teams and that's how we're going to reach the globe is by building a powerful team of men who are going to take on this assignment to, to empower the world, to live upright. It's a really, amazing thing that we're into. The podcast is launched, our website's launched, everything's launching. One of the key things Jeremy's going to help us with, among many, is he's going to be one of the guys that helps with our email content. I started talking about that on a podcast ago. Uh, so subscribe to our email list. We're going to be real strategic in 2021. on getting out some really good content on our emails. You're not going to want to miss that. So I want to get into the topic today, what it means to be a man of war, and to do so, I want to just lay out real quick, because we haven't taken a lot of time to lay out the five-star chart. Just kind of like the secret weapon we have on our website, yeah. and more awesome things are coming uh, for that and towards that in 2021. But just to lay it out there real quick, because we took about two years, and we defined this language, and it's really the way we define biblical masculinity. So the first word of the five is honor, affection, liberty, war, and valor. You can read about that more on the Graceops.net website. And basically the first four, honor, affection, liberty, and war have to do with your inner world. And then valor, the last word, is actually valor is actually about being on a battlefield, courage on a battlefield. So to have courage on the battlefield of life, you have to have your inner world put put right. You've got to have your world built right. So that has to do with how you engage with God, how you engage with your band of brothers, how you have affection towards your family. But today we actually want to focus on the word war. We're going to lay down what it means to be a man of war. So I want to, you know, man of war. It's it, it, a lot of it in our heart as, as in the Grace Ups culture has to do with how we guard the boundary lines of our hearts. You know, above all else, guard the heart. It's the wellspring of life. So. You because know, a lot of times you think of war, you just think of like this fight, and and it is a fight. But we're saying, hey, go into your inner man and learn how to live a life of integrity, learn how to live a life of vulnerability and authenticity, and and that will produce something in you in a very powerful way, and it'll cause boundary lines to be be established because we can look all through the scripture and in law we find grace, and in grace we find law. So it's not like about Old Testament, and New Testament. God's grace is establishing even the, his laws to be uh, established inside of our hearts as these boundary lines. So, yeah, I opened up today with Luke 11. Let's talk about that. What? Where, where are we going with this? We want to talk about prayer as part of the foundation or for the inner and the outer part of war today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I, I
1: um. I find it interesting, you know, when, we, when we're talking about the place of prayer and, and even when we're referencing, you know, a scripture as as Luke, Luke 11. I think that, um, you know, where, where the disciples are are seeing um, the relationship that Jesus has with the father, that's what they're witnessing and, and they're actually desiring it. Right. And, and they, they pose this question, Father te- or Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. You know, and I, I'm just going to start here because one, one, one thought that really came to me when I was kind of just soaking in this scripture was, you know, I never heard the disciples ask, father, teach me how to preach or teach me how
0: to raise the dead or yeah. Or you know, you don't how, hear that. Yeah, teach me I, how to do miracles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you never, you never hear.
2: Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, the, the phenomenal thing about this verse personally that they, they've watched Jesus have multitudes of people chase after him. They've watched him multiply loaves and fish, and they've seen him, you know, heal people from a distance. That's one of my favorite stories, right? The centurion. He's healing people from afar. He's healing people from affliction. But they did not ask any of that. They recognized as people that were walking with Christ, you know, they recognized that everything that Jesus is doing is flowing from his prayer life. Jesus, teach me to have your prayer life, that I might be able to do what you're doing. Not teach me to do what you're doing. Teach me to pray like you pray. Teach me to have that fellowship. I, and I, I think that that's, that's that place that this warfare is coming from. And that's that's what I absolutely love about this five star charge is I see that honor, that affection, that liberty and that war actually producing a man of valor. Yeah. That if you are doing all of these things, you're actually going to be walking as a valor victorious man in order to actually produce what it is that you're looking for or what it is that we're looking for. That, that, that man that's able to stand up war with your brothers, your sisters, and actually be a man of integrity and valor that people are drawn to. And I, that to me is this culture. It's what we're trying to produce.
0: Yeah, and I think right out of the shoots, we have to take on the exact same posture of our heart. That even today in the 21st century culture, you—I mean—I think about the information overload. We can Google and search things today on a of such a fast pace that knowledge is just we can get. It. It's at our fingertips. I don't have encyclopedias at my home you right. know, like my parents <laughs> yeah. did when I was younger. Right? Stacks I, of commentary. I don't have. Are, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, so. I think in information overload, the goal in the Bible and the scriptures, the heart of Christ abiding, you know, unless we're abiding in him, we can do nothing. And I think we have to take on the same posture as men. So if I want to be a man of war, like Christ was, because Christ didn't actually focus on darkness. He focused on the father. And when he would walk into towns, his intimacy with the father is what drove darkness mad, right? They realized he was a man of valor. He was a man of authority, and he had the authority over the dark over the darkness or the dark realms, however you want to put it out there. Like so this man of valor was a man of intimacy with the father, and he was modeling for us what he wanted us to do. So I think I want to do that in my life today. Cause what I love about the five star charge and this man of war thing, we don't ever master this. No. This is not about life mastery. Yep. I mean, it is, right? It no. is. This is the skills, the warrior mindset. And but it's not about it's mastering. It's about developing and learning. Yeah, it's not about
1: mastering the place of prayer, right? It, that's, that's what the beautiful thing about prayer is that prayer is so simple, right? It's so simple in practice that a child can
0: effectively pray. You
1: know, Probably like he, better he, than he, us, he, right? right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah.
0: When the kids of our church pray, they get they see results. Yeah, and a mighty
1: <laughs> a mighty man of God, you know, and yet a mighty man of God will never master the place of prayer. You know, and so here's here's an interesting yeah. thing, right? Because right after, uh, in Luke 11, it goes into you know they say teach us how to pray, and then Father shows them the prayer, right, like a prayer. And then what I've seen yep. throughout Chris, you know, like throughout uh, Christian culture, is that we try to take these things, we do it all the time, and we try to create a system out of it that that allows us to somehow like, oh well, if I do these three things, and if I okay, so he hallowed his name, and then we cr- we try to create systems, you know, in the place of prayer um that that are are going to somehow be more effective. We almost treat it like magic, you know what I mean? Like like here's my three-step process to being um an effective prayer warrior, you know, which is just beyond goofy to me. You know what I mean? When when it's it's about the relationship, it's about the fellowship with Christ. It's about um the conversation that you're building with him and and you're getting to enter into where 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 you know this beautiful tension of of seeking his face, like asking, knocking, and seeking for the door to be open and then waiting upon his response.
2: Yep. And that's that's such a such a good point that you guys are making because it is Jesus is the man of war that we are to pattern ourselves off of. And you never saw him go in to any of his situations and immediately start warring against some some spirit or warring against the enemy. He said exactly what is in the Lord's prayer that he laid out after Luke 11, 1, where he said, God, you are above everything. You are holy. Help this man or deliver this man. He never went after the spirits that were afflicting them. He never went after anything like that. It wasn't about binding. It wasn't about loosing. It was simply here is my identity in God, in the Father. And because of that, I pray for this individual.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he, he and, actually, if, if, and he's and he's responding with the first part of the instruction is actually when you pray. Yeah. and I and I, I think about that because sometimes that's the hardest part about prayer is actually sitting <laughs> yeah, down and pray. I was just right? gonna like, go there, man. Like we want to do a class oh, on man. it. We want to do a podcast on it. Dude, you know, I was just oh, man. but w- just shut up and pray. You know, yeah, exactly, like Stephen bro. Pressfield, I love his books, right? The war on art and, and all of his books are, are pretty good. He's not writing necessarily from a Christian perspective, but I like how he, he motivates and provokes people. He says the hardest thing about writing a book is actually sitting down and writing. And sometimes yeah. the hardest right, thing about right. prayer, we can talk about it, write about it, Bring read about it, in it a journal action, about yeah. it, Instagram post about it, yeah. you know, all the stuff that we do. But Jesus says, when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray. So when you do it, so make a plan to pray there's a guilt that comes upon us when we think about our prayer lives sometimes, you know, or there's a score system, you know, where I'm at with God, right? Like we have this clean, we, we, we judge ourselves on how clean we are and how close we are. And I don't, I don't really think God looks at it that way. I don't look at any of my children that way. Like, Oh, you're, You've you've done enough for the last four days to come closer to me, you know. Like I, it's like (laughs) I mean, as a father, I could never think about that as my kids, but we think sometimes that's how God thinks about us, right? So we engage. Yeah, well, I'm dirty. I lusted the other day, or I I was greedy, or I overeat the other day, right? So I gotta clean myself up. Like, there's guilt in the place of entering prayer, but Jesus just says, get there. When you do it, when you do it, do it, boys. And that's, that's powerful, man,
1: because I was just thinking, I was like, you know, we, we take that, like we, you know, and because of how it's frayed, right. Teach us how to pray. But I think what they were more talking about is like, um, was, was that we, we want to pray. It's not like, we're not trying to sit here and figure out how to learn how to pray. It's that we would learn to pray, you know, but, but I think that we, 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 we kind of get caught in the learning how to, rather than saying god i want to, I want to commit myself to pray more and more, you know to grow so in the place let's of prayer
2: Imystify prayer what what is prayer when you think, when you think of you're going to go into a secret place and pray or you're going to pray for dinner or what what is prayer what what do you guys define prayer as
0: Well for me, most of my prayer time is listening to God, most of it is getting in the word. I talk little, I mean, you know, I got all the stuff I do pray for my daughters, my, you know, needs or whatever. I don't even actually do a lot of that, to be honest. I just love to be with God. So I'll just get a thought. I'll read this stuff, all those scriptures. And I just begin to listen. I talk to God and I listen a lot. And I try to be, I, to me, prayer is about flowing in like a conversation, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of getting to know God through communication, right? Right, right.
1: Yeah, the word, word kind of helps give me the yeah. language.
0: The word kind of corrects
1: my language. Well, I think that heart. the word stimulates the conversation, right? Like he, he gave us an entire book filled with letters to provoke conversation with us because he desires relationship and we can go from Genesis to Revelation and it be about one thing that he desires to dwell with his people. He desires relationship. He wants to walk with us in the garden like he did with Adam and Eve. And, and and the end of the all that's happening, you know, from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation is that we will end up once again walking with God in relationship without borders, without limitation. You know, and, and yes. at the end of okay. the day, God is wanting to commune with his people. He wants to be a holy habitation with his people. He wants to dwell with us. Right. And and for me, that's what prayer stimulates is it it re-stimulates that place in the garden where I get to dwell with my father. I get to communicate with him. I get to dive into the mysteries of who he is and in this discovery process. And the beautiful thing about it is that as I discover who he is, he is so good that he begins to help me discover. Discover who he created me to be and that's always yeah, been so you know cool. the the pillar of my prayer life
2: it's a, a conversation with the living god that's not you know moved aside by barriers or borders that we could actually just communicate with god with nothing getting in our way you know that i think that's the promise of the scripture on where this is going and I, I, you see that in the desire of, of Christ, you know, when he talks about in John 17, his actual, his uh, priestly desire, right? Father, I desire that they would be with me where I am, mm-hmm. just as we are together, that they would be with us as we are together. And I, he says, I, I'm not just praying for these. I'm praying for all of those that will believe that we would be able to enter into that communion, that fellowship, that togetherness that they had. And I, I agree 100%. I, I, the place of prayer is not a, a place where you go with your 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 list. It's a great thing to have to spark you into the place of prayer, but that place of prayer is just talking with God. Much like we are talking right now, that we are talking with God. And I think, you know, a wise man is slow to speak, that they would be listening, you know, have their ear turned to God.
0: Yeah, when it comes to prayer, I don't personally make a list of the things I want or need. I just, I've never really done that. I found that to be a little, uh, it's a little bit like a weird approach to me because I feel like when I walk in my identity as a son, And I understand who my father is and his word and fire begins to burn in my life. And I start to walk in the assignment. All those needs, the Bible is very clear in Matthew six, right? seek first the kingdom and all these things are going to be added to you. It doesn't say you have to ask for everything that you want or everything that your ministry needs or your business marketplace needs. Just go after God, seek first the kingdoms, put that as your first energy. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples. This when you pray, this is the essence of the kingdom. Father, hallowed be your name now that's a massive topic in the scriptures is the hallowing of the name of God the greatness of the name of God i mean david slayed goliath not with sword or spear or javelin but he came against him in the name of the living God all through the old testament the prophets are reminding israel to honor and to esteem and highly value and fear revere the name of God so the name of God is a big thing and the word hallowed jesus is actually talking about a topic that his original listeners would have picked up on right away. We kind of skip over. We miss it. We don't use the word hollowed in the same context or maybe even at all. But the concept of hollowing the name of God has to do with how they, right away they would have known the opposite of hollow would be to profane. So we can, we can either hollow the name of God in our prayers, in our light, and, and actually I love it because we think prayer is just about what's coming off of our mouth, but prayer is actually the energy that comes out of our hearts, our lives Our response to the living God is actually a form of prayer. It's a form of cooperating, communicating with God. And so Jesus is relating it to that. Hollowing the name of God has had to do with the way you live because the opposite would be profaning the name. So your lifestyle can hollow the name or your lifestyle can profane the name. I mean, and it just goes through. I mean, you think about the brilliancy of just three verses, four verses, and the brilliancy of what's packed in here. You know, your kingdom come. Through the way I live. Well, what helps me live? When I stop, when I pray, not if I pray, but when I pray. When I stop and learn how to abide in Christ. That's how I hollow. I'm hollowing your name. I'm building a lifestyle and I'm building an energy and a partnership and a commissioning with my Father in Heaven. That that very kingdom of God could actually be established in the earth. And that's what a man of war does. Prayer is like the entryway because the only way the kingdom of God comes into the earth is when a man of war, a man of uprightness takes the time to focus the attention of his heart, to abide in the, and abide in Christ and the living God. And then the production, then we produce the things that are actually related to the kingdom. That's the only way the kingdom of God comes into the earth. Yeah. There's no other way. It has to be through the human heart cooperating with God. Yeah.
2: That's exactly what I thought the disciples were touching on in this point. They weren't saying, teach me to be a man of war. They recognized that Christ, though he might be known to the multitudes in Jerusalem, the multitudes in Israel, as a man of uh, healing, as a man of discipleship, as a teacher, he was known to the people that he was walking with daily as a man of prayer. And it was from that place of prayer that this warfare was breaking out in Israel, that Jesus was walking in uprightness and wickedness was falling to the left and to the right, that he was declaring light. He was declaring the will of his father, the kingdom to come. He was declaring it with power and authority. And the disciples recognized it as coming from that man of prayer. And they desired it.
0: That there was a desire, and I think that's what's wrong with a lot of the men in our culture today. And I'm saying this to provoke you, if you're listening to this. What do you desire? I mean, we live in a culture that's spoiled. Prosperity has been wreaking havoc on us, and a lot of the prosperity comes from God. We have such a good Father, but it's the enemy has taken that prosperity and lulled us to sleep. Yeah. And so, what are we? What are you desiring? Because in this culture, man, you can do what you want to do. Come on. I mean, you can do what you want to, and you can almost do anything you want to do in this day and age. So anything that you desire, you can put your affection on. You can actually go after, in this land of freedom we live in, you can go after anything that you want to go after. So if we're not going after God, whose fault is it? Well, let's get quiet in here. <laughs>
2: That was a that was a needed silence to let that sink in. Man, <laughs> let it be said that I am known as a man of prayer. That I that that could be my my known for. Oh man, that would be that's that's my desire. Yeah. Let it be known that I'm a man of prayer.
1: Yeah. So so that uh, would
2: and you in- know not by not by my declaration, but by people around me saying. Man.
0: Well, I say that real strong on this podcast a, more and more lately. If the world outside of the church doesn't call you believer, then stop calling yourself one. Christianity I, yeah, is not I a noun. It. It's a yeah. verb. It's not a noun. Yeah. It's a verb. So if, if if they're not calling you one, then shut up because you're probably not one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Silent pause. Ready? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no,
2: Let's give you some famous. more time to reflect <laughs> on it's that. It's a reality. It's a reality. It's, you, you can't declare yourself to be something you are not. Either you are or you are not. And prayer is the and furnace at the center of this prayer
0: lifestyle. Prayer is the furnace. Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. Absolutely. So, Father, right? And I, right. I think that that.
0: So, I was, yeah, gonna, go I was just going to say.
1: So, so the real, the real thing here is, you know, um, that that you know, and I'm pulling, and I, I do this, I practice this regular, even in my own prayer life, where I say, God, teach me to pray. Like, yeah. like, continue this yeah. in me that I would abound more and more in the place of prayer. That I would fall more and more in love with this place. Um, that I wouldn't grow weary in this place, but I would be strengthened in this place and from this place. And, and and so it brings me back to that question that 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 let's let's not let's not ask God to teach us how to pray, but let's let's ask God to teach us to pray like let's get busy doing the work of prayer and cultivating prayer lives so that we could live outwardly what we're experiencing inwardly through our prayer lives
2: yes absolutely and th- i think that that's a huge point i mean in in my job i'm constantly having to tell people the 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 plain and simple fact that you are who you hang out with if if you're hanging out with with idiots, you're going to be an idiot. If you're hanging out with Godly, you sound men, like you're a cop or something. You are. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you are a cop. <laughs> I hang around a lot of cops because I'm a chaplain. They say the same thing. <laughs> <doesn't... laughs> but it's constantly something that you're having to remind people of. You know, I, I I get the opportunity to go into our elementary school and teach a drug program, and that is like the number one thing that I I stress to them is that you are who you hang out with. If you're hanging out with a bad group of people, you're going to be a bad person. It's just it's the it's the plain and simple truth. Yeah. So if you are abiding in that place of prayer and fellowship with God, that is the only place that you can wash yourself and renew yourself to be Christ-like yeah. because you are abiding, you are Fellowshipping, you are talking with
1: God. Yeah. And I want to make one more point because you're actually. That, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. I, that's that's <laughs> who you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think you're. You, look at, man, Jeremy is laying out a really powerful point um, that I'm going to tie back into the core fabric and culture of Grace Ops, which is building your three, going out there and ha- finding a band of brothers to do this together with right who you surround yourself with you'll become you know there's another statement as who what you fix your gaze upon you will become right what you behold you'll become and if you're out there beholding the wrong people the wrong um you know if 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 the wrong affections have grasped onto your heart um you know what i mean like you're going to become more coveted you know, uh, you're going to begin to covet the things of the world. You're going to begin to become more lustful in the power of a band of brothers guys in surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like is that you, they will help you become that, you know? And so we have this um, and I would encourage everybody listening to this podcast that if you don't have just at least one brother that you are walking with um, and walking this life out with that you would, Drop what you are doing. Um, that you would rearrange everything um, within your prayer life, within your your circle that you currently find yourself in, and, and, and begin to ask God to help you to find those men, um, to find that one um, or two or three, um, and to really begin to engage that reality. Um, and secondly, guys, prayer is not just for the for the prayer closet, and it's not just for the Sunday. Um, uh, uh, for, 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 for our platform ministries, right? This is not just something that, that we would be seen and be viewed and have the appearance of righteousness and the appearance of a, of a powerful prayer life. Um, but guys, this is something that we do together as well. And I know that's, that's a discipline that can, uh, be difficult even for me, man. I, I love my time of prayer and I love cultivating, cultivating, um, you know, uh, my prayer life, um, on my own, but, um, sometimes it's, it's been foreign because I don't think we have practiced it as a church, nor have we talked about it enough to say like, who are we getting together with and entering into that place with as well, that we would be sharpening one another in the place of prayer together, that we would be praying with each other, praying for each other. You, you know what I mean? Well, that would be growing in is, prayer the, together. The disciples learned
0: this because you can see it all through the book of Acts. You can see the mighty times where they were under pressure, or they were under persecution, and or they were in jail. They, they would gather to pray. It was a natural byproduct. It was just right. a natural yeah. thing. They were in fellowship together, and so they learned from Jesus. Now, I think it's a, an art that the church through the centuries has probably been uh, hot and cold in, and I think in our current-day culture, you know, maybe we're lukewarm. I mean, I, I, we might be that, that type of temperature when it comes to prayer and the dependency of God. And I think it's one of those things that we need to kind of get back to our first love. You know, we, mm-hmm. need, to, we need to get back to that place of, I like the word abiding. I, right. The word intimacy is kind of a good word. I mean, but I think the word abide really marks it in a really powerful way to, of abiding, staying, be with him. Remaining. And I I think one of the things I want to point out to make to make a really strong progression of what Jesus is saying. It's interesting how the first thing is when you pray. So that's the first call, like do it. And then he gets into the father, hallowed be your name, lifestyle, your kingdom comes. So there's a, the kingdom only comes through those who are aligned and prayer is the, it's the starting point of all that. It's the starting point of abiding and bringing this lifestyle, this changing of your values, your heart, you know, the renewing of the mind, the verse three gets into give us our daily bread, right? Give me, give, give us our money today as men, right? Like, how am I going to make my, how am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to make that bank? Right? That's the third thing on the list. A lot of times we want to go to, we want to put that first on our prayer list. But the first thing Jesus puts on the prayer list is the name of the father. Go to his name first. Father, I, man, I'm, I love you. I'm in awe of you. You're amazing. You're an awesome father. Like I glorify your name. Like when I get into that energy and I get connected to that kingdom mindset and start getting the word, my needs come. I just think it's neat how Jesus put our needs further down on the list. Is not first, you know. <laughs> right. forgive us our sins. Like that's not first. A lot of times, but in Matthew six, right, right, because we're
1: we're we're in the Gospels and Matthew six, I think it's right around seven or eight. He he says, don't get repetitious in your prayer because I already know what you need before you have even asked me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's not of importance. Not you don't have to keep word. repeating it. You don't have it's to keep. Not. Yeah. I you mean, but, and you think it. of
0: verse four, forgive us our sins. We start there a lot of times. Well, Lord, I suck in these 10 ways. You know, we spend 10 minutes doing that and not saying that's not important. It's in the prayer. Right. Jesus isn't saying ignore it, right. but he's like, before you focus on yourself or your own needs, go to a God's great name. Cause that's actually going to just pull it out of you in a better way. I think about the prodigal son when he finally came to his census, he went home to become a slave to his father. And he, he when you read that story, he never makes it through his repentance, but I think that's hilarious. Like <laughs> right. the father's like, no, yeah. take this robe. No, take this ring. No, I'm covering your shame. Like, and he's like, I'm just trying to tell you, I'm sorry. And I want to be a servant, not even a son. Right. And the father's just like, you being home is repentance, son, you coming back to me yeah, in my and name turning after what you did to me, you're returning is all I needed. That is your repentance. So I don't know. I'm not trying to make a. It's here. It's important, you know. Even in the grace of Scripture, renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. It's important to do, but then we're living well, upright, self-controlled, godly lives.
2: I think what you're talking about is perspective and, and where it is in in not necessarily the importance to God, but where it falls in in the importance of prayer, right? Because what you're saying is true. You you need you need to repent. It's there's a good spot where you need to repent, but Reminding yourself who God is when you glorify the name of God, you remember that He is on a throne. Really, He really is on a throne, and He really is sitting above everything. It kind Sovereign. of puts it in perspective. Where, yeah, where where your stumble was. Oh, wait a minute! But you are the Most High. You you really do have it. got
0: sovereignty. So we're we're talking about this because we're talking about the underpinnings, the foundational pieces, the core elements that go into the making of a man of war. Like we saw Christ, Christ was a man of war. He didn't have to go in and find darkness. Darkness actually found him. Darkness would creep out of its dark shadowy corners and actually roll up on the son of man. And, and they would actually come face to face with true authority and true authority is birthed and established and maintained in the place of prayer. So being a man of war is about that lifestyle. It's about your inner world. It's about setting those boundaries, the guardian of your heart. And when we're men of prayer, that stuff is a natural byproduct. When I have a tenderness and a sensitivity to the heart of God, it spills over into my life to where I can actually I don't have to go out I don't have to go out and pick a fight with the devil every day. That's not my goal. It's not even an idea or thought in my head when i go about my days i want the enemy i'm sure you guys all heard this one it's old it's everywhere i don't know who came up with it but when your feet hit the floor the enemy's scared of you because if you're abiding in prayer and we're going out to produce the work of the kingdom the enemy is nervous when your feet hit the floor you will experience warfare but I don't get so consumed with warfare like thinking, oh, there's a devil behind every tree and what's he up to today? I don't think about it. It's kind of like the FBI. They only they only deal with the the authentic money, right? They don't even touch counterfeit money. They only deal in the authentic so that when they do touch uh, fake money, they know it right away. And yeah, it's the yeah. same thing with us. I don't go out there trying to you know, deal with the enemy and deal with darkness and get so consumed with all that stuff. It's like, no, just deal with the authentic, deal with God, deal with the presence of God, the authenticity, the purity. And that's where power comes from. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in prayer, God will speak identity over you. Right. God will release you. And then your band of brothers or that grandma that's like a spiritual mama, she's going to come to you and tell you something that you're like, How did you know that? Well, because God told me that about you, right? Or some strange lady, this happened to me a lot of times, like strangers in the kingdom, they're believers, but they'll come up to you and go, I don't know what it is about you. I just supposed to tell you this. And you're like, Whoa, man, God just told me that in prayer like two, three days ago, you know, or two months ago. It's like, God will use people to confirm things. Yeah. So, for us to be men of war, we got to be rooted in this this Luke eleven lifestyle. Yep. Teach us to pray. Yep. You want to go do damage in the marketplace? Go win souls, make disciples. Be a man of prayer. That's how you. That's how you be an effective man of war. Yeah. You got any yep, more absolutely. thoughts?
2: Well, I I I want to just give one practical for all the listeners out there in the in the place of prayer. I think it is it's. It is the place of warfare. And when I say that, what I mean is not that you are closing your eyes and waging war on anything that comes against God. If you feel directed to that, great. Uh, But that's not what I'm talking about. When I say the place of warfare in the place of prayer, what I'm referring to is your inner man. The enemy is after your inner man just as much as Christ is after your inner man. Well, just as, just as much as not a good term because Christ is sovereign. Uh, he's got way more weapons in this warfare. Um, but the enemy is after your inner man and your inner thought life. And what, where I tie prayer to the place of war is when you close your eyes and you start going after God in that place of prayer, the enemy is going to come against you. Whether that's through thoughts from your past, or distractions of things to that you need to do when you exit the place of prayer. And I, I just want to encourage you. One of the best things that I was ever told was by uh, Corey Russell down in Kansas City. He said, have a piece of paper every time you pray. And when a thought comes into your mind about a task that you need to accomplish, like, oh, I need tomatoes at the grocery store, which I don't go to the grocery <laughs> store. You know, if if you say you need tomatoes at the grocery store, Write it down and then get back to the place of prayer. Right? If you feel yourself get distracted and all of a sudden you realize that you are completely on a different thought pattern, just push delete and come back to the place of prayer. But by continuously renewing your mind and refreshing it on what that place of prayer is, you're going to actually center yourself in that place of warfare. And one of the biggest tools that the Lord has taught me is that when you are entering that place of warfare and the enemy puts up an accusation or something in your thought life about a past sin or a prior uh, engagement for something that you've lacked in or tries to accuse you as not being able to enter into that place of prayer because of uh, uh, you know a, a lack of something that you needed to do for the Father, I just encourage you to push pause on, on whatever it was that you were praying about and actually just press into what it is that the enemy just reminded you of. And for that I I think of James one where he's talking about consider it all the joy, right? The enemy just told you the place of accusation, the place that he's going to try to use you to, to shrink back from the place of prayer. So, what I'm talking about is this, right? If you get accused of, uh, you know, the, I think the biggest struggle in the body right now for men is the place of pornography, right? You start seeing images in your mind, or you start thinking about, you know, your last struggle with it, and you want to be clean, but those images come into your mind. You immediately, God, you are sovereign. I ask right now, for the salvation of every single one of those people. Lord, I ask that you would completely shut down Pornhub, that you would completely shut down YouPorn or, you know, all these other websites that are out there. I ask that you would lead their CEOs into relationship with you, that you would encounter them as you encountered me. God, would you, would you bring salvation? I, I think that that's an amazing way that you're going to start seeing the enemy come stopping. He's not going to come and remind you or put thought patterns into your life or into your place of prayer. If it is going to result in you praying for what he's putting in your mind, if it doesn't allow you, if, it, if it's not having the effect of causing you to shrink from the place of prayer, but actually rise to the place of warfare, where you are warring for the kingdom of God to break through on this earth, it's not going to be a, a battle any longer.
1: Right, and I would just encourage everybody listening to this podcast just to remember that that this is a this is a process that um, that you will grow in. Right, like um, yeah, you, you know, you you have goals in the gym. You're not going to get them because you 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 ate right and got to the gym four times this week. <laughs> You know what I mean? And then next week, it's all, you know, hit and miss. I mean, there's a consistency in it. There's a perseverance in the place of prayer that we must have. Um, but ask the Holy Spirit for help. You know, that is what yeah. he is. He has come to be our helper. Um, and, you know, we can ask um, ask him to help us um, grow in the place of prayer and, and grow as a man of war.
0: Yeah, well, it's yeah. been a great it's podcast. Been. Um, I want to kind of bring it to a close here and, and remind everybody that we're sharing this with you not as ones who have mastered this, but we're we're probably even sharpening our own desires as we talk about it. Yeah. And the goal of of prayer is that we would develop a sensitivity to the things of God, that we would love what He loves, and we would learn to hate the things that He hates. And the Scriptures are very clear that the Holy Spirit doesn't come into our lives to convict us with guilt. The Holy spirit comes to convict us of the guilt that sin produces. So when we kind of have that sense of desiring to be clean and uh, Jeremy is talking about being clean in the eye gate, that's what we're talking about. It's a battle out there guys. Uh, I say it quite often that yoga pants might be the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's a battle, the battle, of the eye gate, but you can win this battle, and we encourage you to do it through the, allowing Grace to train you and building the Band of Brothers and, and stay connected to our culture. We have had so many testimonies and just powerful feedback from even like newer believers, like, oh, this is really helping me grow and it's really helping me out. And There's just been a lot of good positive feedback on what we're doing. So we know God's in this, and we really do believe it's going to hit our nation in a powerful way, so we're just going to keep being faithful to do the work. So remember this as we close. When you pray... So get into the prayer time, walk sensitively before the Lord, have a tender heart. And remember this guys, what do you desire? Do you desire prayer? I hope that after this 40 minute or so podcast, you're kind of like aching to just kind of dip into prayer, dip into a time of worship or abiding. And if you're new in it, remember the key is this, you got to learn, you got to learn like we've been talking about. So, Hey, we love you guys. We're committed to you in this, uh, this culture that we're creating, this grease ups way of living. It's a lifestyle. So we, we are totally for you and we're excited to be in your lives until next time live upright.